want to talk to you today about some things that have been on my heart. Just, you know, how many of you know God calls us into relationship with Him? And He wants the relationship that we have with Him to be real and meaningful and impacting in our life. If, if our concept of God is just a theoretical concept or just something intellectual, I think we're really missing something because the Bible says that we are to taste and see that the Lord is good. And that means there's, there's an experiential element. And, and there's two real simple facts that, you know, I've come to terms with, and that is this. Number one, life is hard. How many of you found that out? And number two, God is good. And, and God is so good that he will help us through a hard life. And he'll strengthen us, he'll empower us, uh, he'll, he'll uh, equip us to deal successfully. He's given us the name of Jesus, he's given us the armor of God. And uh, I just believe this, that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Uh, I believe that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I came across uh, some statistics real recently and uh, I did not know there was such a thing as the Global Emotions Report. How many of you knew that they were monitoring emotions all over the globe? And uh, this is done by the Gallup. But what they do is they, they you know, obviously uh, interview people in different parts of the world, different uh, nations. And uh, here's what they found out, uh, first of all, with America, that 55% of Americans said that they were stressed during much of each day in 2018. How many of you know it's not fun to be stressed? Uh, but 55% of Americans said they were stressed during much of each day in 2018. 45% of Americans said they lived their lives worried. They lived their lives worried. How many of you know that worrying solves no problems at all? Uh, somebody said worry doesn't you know, solve any of tomorrow's problems. It just robs you of today's strength. And then Americans were 20% more stressed than the worldwide average. I don't know about you, but I believe we just live in a wonderful country, don't you? I mean, our country is far from perfect, and we've got a lot of things to pray about, but I, I just, I've been to a lot of countries. I know Pastor Mitch has been to a, a lot of countries, and uh, do you ever come back and just want to kiss the ground? You know, we live in a blessed land, and uh, yet in America, as blessed as we are, if you take the average stress level of Americans, it's 20% higher than the worldwide average. I think that's really something. And in the last decade, more Americans are stressed and worried than they have been in the last decade. How many of you think Jesus could help us with this? You know, if people would really turn their hearts to him and, and not just... Here's something I want to point out today. It's one thing to believe in Jesus as Savior. How many of you know Jesus has forgiven us of our sins when our faith is in him? It's one thing to have Jesus as our Savior and knowing that we're ready for heaven. How many of you know heaven's a good idea? Uh, but it's another thing to have Jesus as our shepherd. Jesus as our Savior is wonderful. We need him as our Savior. 
But I'll tell you what, I need more than just a Savior to get me into heaven when I die. I need a shepherd to walk with me, to lead me, to guide me, to help me every step of this journey. I like what Pastor Mitch said. You said life is not about a destination, it's about a journey. Is that what you said? It's a journey, not a destination. And we need Jesus not just for the destination, not just to get us into heaven when we die, but we need Jesus for the journey. And I want to talk to you about that just for a few minutes today. And I want to talk about the fact that the Lord is our shepherd. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 11 gives us a powerful description of what God wants to do for us as his people. It says, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm. He will, he will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. I like some of those phrases. He will, number one, he will feed us. Number two, he will gather us. Number three, he will carry us. And number four, he will lead us. Everybody say out loud, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, let's look at John chapter 10. I'm just going to give you a list, a summary list of the things that Jesus said. You know, that is where he talked about him being the good shepherd. Aren't you glad he's a good shepherd? He's not a bad shepherd. And uh, because he is the good shepherd, these other elements follow. Number two, he calls us by name. Aren't you glad you're not just a number to God? Aren't you glad you're not just a, a statistic to him? Aren't you glad that he knows your name? Um, one person, I saw this recently, that uh, Satan knows our name, but he calls us by our sin. God knows the sins that we've committed, but he calls us by our name. We're on a first name basis with God. He calls us uh, by his name and, and, and we hear his voice. Number three, he leads us and we follow. Number four, he gives us a rich and a satisfying life. Number five, he gives his life for us and he lays down his life on our behalf. Number six, I love this, he never, he never, he never abandons us. And number seven, he knows us and we know him. Do you know one person said that a definition of a friend is a friend is somebody who knows all about you and loves you anyway. Jesus knows us and he loves us anyway. Well, you can't really talk about the Lord is my shepherd without talking about, guess what? Psalm 23, probably one of the best known uh, passages of scripture uh, that, it, you know, people who aren't even Christian, people who don't read the Bible, they know this phrase, the Lord is my shepherd. They've seen it on television, haven't they? And what is the normal setting? Stop and think you're watching a television show and some guy stands there and reads, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not walk. What's happening? It's a funeral. You know, anytime they show a funeral, you know, on a movie or a television show, they'll have a guy standing there and he's reading, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside 
You know, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. And let me just say this. There's absolutely nothing wrong with Psalm 23 being read at a funeral. But I want you to know this. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, is not just for folks that are dying. It's for folks that are living. And we don't just need Psalm 23 at a funeral. We need Psalm 23 every day of our life. Because it's communicating this powerful truth that unfortunately Christians tend to forget about, they tend to ignore, they tend to only turn to Jesus, they only look to God when they're having a crisis, they don't look for Him, to Him for their day-to-day lifestyle, moment-to-moment needs of life. And I want to tell you today 12 things, these are all very short, don't worry, these are 12 things that will happen in your life. 12 things will be activated in your life when you are walking with the Lord as your shepherd. Number one, when the Lord is your shepherd, you are going to have provision in your life. Everybody say provision. You're going to have provision in your life because David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want or I shall not lack. I want you to know when you are following Jesus, he's going to lead you in paths that bring provision into your life. The Bible says the Lord God is a sun and a shield. No good thing will he withhold from those that walk uprightly. I want you to know when the Lord is our shepherd, when we are following him, Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 33. He said, you are to seek first the kingdom of God. Put God first in everything you do. Put God first in your thoughts. Put God first in your relationships. Put God first in your finances. Put God first in every area of your life. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. We need to have confidence that God is a provider. Uh, Paul said this to the Philippians who had been generous. He said, and my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I think this idea, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. This is why Charles Spurgeon said, the Lord is a good banker and I trust him. He has never failed me. Why should I be anxious? Number one, the first thing that we have operating in our life when the Lord is our shepherd, and that means when we are following him, is that provision comes into our life. The Lord is our shepherd, I shall not want. Number two, the second thing that comes into our life when we follow the great shepherd is this, and this is something so many Americans need, it is rest. Rest. David said, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He makes me to lie down. How many of you know that in life, you got to have some rest? We, we know that working is, a, is an important part of life. And, and God worked six days and he rested on the seventh. But I want you to know, God took time to rest 
even though he wasn't tired. Do you know God wasn't tired? Creating the universe didn't wear him out. He, he did, oh man, I'm all worn out by this. No, I think he rested to show us what, that life is more than work, that we people have to rest in life as well. Jesus said this, and I love this. He said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. See, some people rest physically, but they never rest in their soul. They, they, never, they never quit, you know, worrying about everything and that type of thing. And there comes a time where we just need to genuinely rest in the Lord, physically, but also mentally and emotionally. I like what one person said. He said, God, and this is something all the ladies should, should say amen about, God did his most magnificent work while Adam was asleep. You say, what was that? Well, the Bible says that God put Adam into a deep sleep and he opened his side up, took out a rib and formed the woman. God did his most magnificent work while Adam was asleep. This episode contains an important insight. When man rests, God works. You know, we need to have enough faith in God. We need to have enough faith in the Lord as our shepherd to believe that even while we rest, God is working on our behalf. Number three, the third thing that is released into our life when we are following and focused on the Lord as our shepherd is peace. Peace. And, and, and that's so connected to rest, isn't it? Rest, you know, rest your soul, peace and mind. And uh, because the Bible says, he leads me beside the still waters, just peaceful, pleasant, tranquil, not turbulent. How many of you know there's enough turbulence in life? Sometimes we just need to lie down in a green pasture and we just need to uh, be, be settled beside some still, tranquil waters. Jesus said this, he said, these things I've spoken to you, John 16, that in me you may have peace, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. How many of you know God wants to give us peace? We get it. We get it by following the shepherd, following the good shepherd. And one person said this, it's very good, for peace of mind, resign as general manager of the universe. Isn't that good? Do we have any people in here that you're kind of a control person? You want to control everything and control every outcome and control every other person? Well, please resign as manager of the universe. It'll do you good. Number four, when we are following the shepherd, we will have restoration in our life. Restoration. Uh, the psalm says, he restores my soul. Well, why do we need to get our soul restored? I thought we were born again. I thought we had a new spirit. Well, we do have a new spirit. We're born again by the spirit of God. But our mind, our will, and our emotions tend to get beat up pretty badly by the world. 
and people get fatigued mentally, worn out mentally, you know, just all kinds of turmoil and trauma on the inside. And the Bible says he restores my soul. And, and it's just that refreshing, that rejuvenation. One person said this, uh, by a carpenter, God made the world. And it takes that same carpenter to remake the world. Uh, Jesus was a carpenter. He built things, but you know, carpenters can also restore things in many cases. And uh, so we have restoration when we follow the great shepherd. Number five, this is all what we have because of following the great shepherd. When the Lord is our shepherd, number five, we have guidance, guidance. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Do you know God didn't put us on this earth and just said, well, figure it out for yourself? Did you know that the shepherd always wants to guide us? He wants to guide us, and notice where he wants to guide us. He wants to guide us in paths of righteousness. And why does he want to do it? For his name's sake, for his glory, and for his honor. You know, I've watched just in my short lifetime, well, short, 60 years of lifetime, still seems short to me. Uh, in my 60 years on this earth, I've watched our world go crazy. Anybody else been seeing that besides me? And the world is trying to say, well, you know, they're trying to say what's right or what's wrong. You know, I just soon say, stay with the Bible. You know, the Bible's been working really good for thousands of years. And uh, I, I would just rather stay with what does the Bible say instead of what does popular opinion say? And what do shifting societal trends indicate? The Lord is my shepherd. He will guide me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Number six, when we follow the great shepherd, we will have a sense of protection. How many of you know it's good to feel safe? It's good to feel uh, that we are protected. And um, uh, I, I love what David said. He said, I will fear no evil for you are with me. I will fear no evil. And, and yet how many times does fear try to come into your life? How many times does fear try to grip even believers? You know, that word that Pastor Mitch had, you know, suicidal thoughts, just thoughts of torment, thoughts of, you know, it's not worth it anymore. Uh, you know, might as well give up. You know, there's a reason that the Bible says uh, that we've been given the full armor of God, you know, the shield of faith and so on. Uh, David said, I will fear no evil for you are with me. I want you to know today that God is bigger than any threat that your life ever faces. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Let's look at a couple verses here that are very important. Psalm 112 says, talking about the righteous person, he will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid. If you've been dealing with fear, man, that would be a good verse to write down, meditate, read it, and so on. And I don't know about you, but it seems like when the enemy attacks with fear, he likes to attack with fear when you're trying to get a good night's sleep. That ever happened to anybody? And I love what Proverbs chapter 3, 
verse 24 says, it says, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. I like that. That's another good promise to claim. Number seven, when we are following the shepherd, not only do we have a sense of of protection, but we have a sense of comfort. We have a sense of comfort. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit is the comforter? That's one of his roles in our life. And the psalm says, uh, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What, what a great, uh, just, just thought that is to know that God, our shepherd has a rod. That's like, you know, a club. And, and here's one thing I want you to understand. Jesus does not use the club on his sheep. Jesus has the club in case a wolf comes. Now, the staff is another thing. The staff was a stick, usually thin, thinner than the club, the rod. The the staff was a longer stick that had a curve on the end of it. And, And what the shepherd would do with that is if a sheep fell down in a ditch or was about to fall over a cliff or something, the shepherd would reach out and get that hook around it and pull it back. So I want you to know that your shepherd has a club that the enemy is terrified of and, and if you even start to stray a little bit from him, he'll, he'll take his staff and pull you back to himself. The rod and the staff, they are of comfort to the sheep. Number eight, because we follow the shepherd, you know what else we have? We have satisfaction. And what did David say? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Stop and think about this. A table. Now, this is kind of a, it's kind of a confusing statement because you think, wait a minute, if I've got enemies all around me, I don't think I want to eat. Did you know that if you feel threatened, if you feel anxiety, what's one of the first things that you're, is affected in your body? Your appetite. If, if, if you feel threatened and, and you're, you're anxious, your appetite tends to go away. And yet David said, because you're my shepherd, because you're standing there with the rod and the staff, and because I don't have to fear any evil, you prepare a table, a banquet for me, even though enemies are out there. Here's what I want you to know. Even though the enemy may be threatening you, you can sit down and eat. You can enjoy the provision of God in your life. Why? Because no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Because our shepherd is greater than any wolf that we're going to face in this journey. Number nine, because we're following the shepherd, there's an anointing. I'll tell you what, I would not want to go through life without the presence of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know Jesus said he would be with us and he would be with us forever and he would be our teacher? And, and when, when the Bible talks about the anointing, it goes back to a, a literal practice of shepherds uh, when they were out in the hot, arid, dry desert and flies would be trying to bite the sheep and everything. Uh, the shepherd would literally pour oil 
on the sheep's head and he'd rub it in and that would be a soothing balm and it would keep the insects away. All the annoying, nuisance, you know, troubling type things. And I'll tell you what, when we spend time with the Lord, when we read the Word of God, when we worship, when we fellowship with one another, just when we have our faith in Him, you know what? He anoints our head with oil. We have the presence of the Holy Spirit, the soothing, comforting, protecting, uh, refreshing presence of the Spirit of God in our life. And number 10, I like this. When we follow the great shepherd, you know what else we have? We have an abundance in life. Uh, the, the psalmist said, my cup, what? My cup runneth over. Isn't that good? Do you know what the, you know what the pessimist says? The pessimist says, my cup is half empty. Now the optimist, you'd rather be an optimist than a pessimist, but the optimist says my cup is half full. But in both cases, it's same amount. But you know what the believer gets to say? My cup runneth over. Why? Because we serve a God who's able to do exceeding abundantly above and beyond all we could ask or think. We get to have and enjoy abundance. Number 12, we get to have confidence in life. I love what David said. He said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Not maybe, not possibly, not perhaps. No, he said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. How many of you know that the believer doesn't have to doubt it doesn't have to waver. We're not saying, I wonder if God will be with me. I wonder if God will help me. I wonder if God will meet my needs. No, we get to say, surely, certainly, confidently, goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life. And number 12, I love this. Number 12, when we follow the shepherd, you know what we have? We have a sense of union with God, a sense of connectedness a union with God, David said, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, when I was a brand new young Christian, I always had this fear that, you know, well, maybe I sinned and maybe, you know, maybe God's gotten tired of me sinning and he's not going to accept me anymore. And, you know, uh, uh, maybe I've lost my salvation and things like that. And I remember as a young believer reading this passage where Jesus said in John 6, he said, whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. I will never reject. I'll never turn him away. And it just brought such confidence to my life to know that he said, I've entered into union with you and I'm not going to let you go. David kind of summarized it in Romans, or Paul did in Romans 8, 39. David said, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want you to know today that Jesus wants to be more than just our Savior. Jesus wants to be our shepherd. The Savior will get us forgiven and will get us into heaven. And thank God for that. But the shepherd will be with us every step of the way. 
He wants to lead us. He wants to give us rest on a daily basis. He wants to give us peace. He wants to give us confidence. He wants to give us a sense of safety, protection, comfort, uh, abundance in our life. He wants us to know that He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. How many of you are thankful we don't just have a Savior? We have a shepherd. Amen.